Coming live from Tampa, Florida, USA is our guest this morning. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Jason Zook, social psychic attorney, psychic medium, and podcaster, podcast host like me. And a very good one at that. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation. And I'm just so excited to be able to talk to you and share our conversation topic. And it's it's great. It's an honor, a true honor. Same here. Same here, Jason. And it's, it's a lot of inspiration seeing you uh, fighting with a lot of things, but still make, coming on with this happy smile <laughs> and doing a lot for others. So let me, and we'll be, that is why you are the right person. We'll be talking about how to forgive, heal, and let go, because that is so much needed in today's time. And I, I'm sure you are the master, as a master for this particular show, a lot of there is there to get insight from you and to deal with this particular issue. But firstly, about you. In 2007, you consulted a psychic predicted that you will have your own radio show. You laughed at him. And at that time, because you did not have any formal training on the radio. And then he said, you will be on the radio. Mark my words. And you will do it for something that isn't about being a lawyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so awesome question, by the way. Um, and, go ahead, sorry. And this year... The Social Psychic Radio Show was selected by the Academy of Interactive and Visual Arts as a 2022 Communicator Award winner in the following two categories. Winner for individual episodes, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and winner for individual episodes, religion, and spirituality. Tell us about this journey. It's not an easy journey. Being a lawyer, you never thought of being a podcaster. Today, you are a big podcast host. So tell us about the journey from 2007 to 2022 and what it means for whether, because now today you are a psychic medium and that time you laugh, but today a lot of people may laugh at what you speak for them. But the fact is that a lot of people can tell about facts of life much before they happen. Over I love your question, by the way, I've never had anyone ask me that question. That's why I started laughing because I love the way it was phrased and how you broke it down. And it is 100 percent accurate. In 2007, I was working as a, a lawyer in Mississippi doing Hurricane Katrina cases. And at that time, I had a dispute with a current partner, a law partner I had at the time. And so I contacted a psychic uh, known as Divine Visionary from a call line that I had. And I was asking him just some guidance, like, hey, is everything going to work out in my law firm? Like, what do you see going on in my future? And in the middle of that, he tells me, oh, you're going to be on radio someday. And I'm like, excuse me, what? You're going to have your own show. You're going to be on radio. I started laughing at him. And I said, listen, I'm only calling about my law practice or just give me some guidance about like what you see for my future here, not there. And I literally thought he was far-fetched. And the funniest thing in the world was in 2018, I started my own podcast. I'm going to skip one detail. So many years, I first became a psychic medium in 2004 when my grandfather passed away. And I met an amazing friend, Megan Kane, my best friend who I do podcasting with now. And she saw me at a wedding and she said, you know, you don't know me very well, but 
I, I've known about you and I, I, you and I are going to be best friends and we're going to work together. And we're going to do some amazing things. And I was like, well, what does that mean? But long story short, I started my own podcast after offering readings to her. I worked at uh, her shop part-time as like, you know, just something to get my feet wet with. And I realized that I really enjoyed reading people and helping giving guidance and clarity and reassurance. So then I started my podcast about a year later and I've been on my own spiritual journey, basically. I uh, Like anyone else who goes through spiritual journeys, you go through ebbs and flows, mountains and valleys. And ultimately, uh, the podcast grew on its own. And I think I mentioned to you before we started our interview, when we we're talking about like what we do, I said originally years ago when I was in high school, I wanted to be a journalist, which you are. And I became a lawyer instead. And then it's funny because... I, I, I wanted to be a lawyer initially as a said to you i was doing my uh, law course in delhi university law faculty then after six months one semester i did and i passed all the subjects and then this uh, whole journalism indian institute of mass communication happened and i moved towards the other side well i'm just saying i love i love the synchronicity here already because i've always admired journalism and um having this opportunity so going back to my show to answer your question my show's just grown on its own and yes you're right i've I'm blessed to have won those communicator awards on diversity, inclusivity, and uh, I think it's best spiritual podcast or something. I don't, I'm very pleased about that. And so my journey itself from those awards and then two dot-com awards that I recently got about a month or two ago, and then the working with Electrocast Media and Megan Kane to do production work. And we're building a new network called uh, the, the Paranormal Universe for spiritual and paranormal podcasters. And our new show, Psychic Visions, is coming out. So we have a whole bunch of exciting things happening in the podcasting creative realm. But then I'm also still a lawyer and I get to help, you know, hurricane victims and stuff. So between both worlds, um, this has been a very interesting period of time that I just feel gratitude and, and I feel blessed to be alive and to be able to do all these things I'm passionate about and talk to people like you who I get to share such an amazing conversation and dialogue with around the world because you're over in India right now. This is awesome. I'm in Florida. Right, right. A lot of people in India used to, you know, they used to say that people can predict. And a lot of scientific minds would find it difficult to uh, accept how can somebody predict by knowing a few things here and there. But now somebody from the U.S. If, and that to a legal mind talks about it, then people do find that there is some scientific way that future can be looked at. Like you predicted your cancer, kidney cancer, six months before it actually set in. This, this is why I just wanted to bring those two things together, Jason. That you could predict this for yourself. And in 2007, somebody else could predict something which you almost lost. Can, so my question is, out of your two experiences, for the larger audience, even for a lot of people in India and outside where the show is going, being live at the moment, can we predict the future? And I see. How yeah. do you do that? Because you can do it, but how do you explain and tell to people who have perhaps legal mind? And a lot of questions in their mind everywhere. But it's so natural. Why would I believe 
that somebody else can tell me about my future, which I cannot test now. It can only be tested in future. Who knows? Interesting question. I'll, I'll break that down. Being the legal mind that I was or am still, it took me 10 years to grapple with the idea that I could do mediumship and, and foretell things and pick up on things. And I learned a very important lesson from that. It's not about my ego, right? It's not about me. And it's not a gift, so to speak, as I call it such, even though it's easy to refer to it as such. I think we all have some innate intuitive abilities within ourselves. And the analogy I use to say that anyone can use, you can predict things is if you look up at the sky in a very crowded city and you try to see the stars, you're going to have light pollution. You won't be able to see anything. You won't believe that there's much up there. But if you go in the middle of like a you know, natural area, like the woods or a forest or an island where there's no natural lighting, you know, where it's only natural lighting, you'll see an amazing cosmos ahead of us, stargazing. It's a, I've only done it a couple of times in my life because I've always lived outside New York City or here in Tampa. There's light pollution. And what I tell people, anyone who wants to become more in tuned to either predict things or be in tuned with like deceased loved ones or just more intuitive in general, I would say, or psychic, spiritual, those words are all interchangeable to me. I would say you can basically filter out the negative, you know, the light, the light pollution, so to speak, of your thoughts. And by becoming more mindful and present, you can actually open yourself up. And it can, it, it can, it can really grow from there. Like go into the gym and working out. The more I gave readings to people, the more I realized that there's five physical senses and anything that comes to me, that doesn't derive from those five physical senses must be from something else. And I learned over time to trust that. And the difference between someone calling themselves an intuitive psychic who can predict things and the average person, I believe, are these kind of exercises where you can get in tune with yourself and where you don't doubt what's coming to you as, oh, that's just a coincidence or, oh, that's not possible. Uh, I would say that the more you can trust that inner voice, the more likely anyone can predict things. Because to me, in spirituality, on the other side, from my mediumship experiences, I've learned that time does not exist on the other side. Time is a human construct. And if you can think of it that way and then extend the fact that if you have intuitive abilities, you might be able to peer ahead. Because if time doesn't exist on the other side through spirituality, I can pick up things through deceased loved ones from people I read. Sometimes they'll give me details and facts about someone, either what they're doing in the present moment, the past moment or the future moment. And I believe that's possible because on the other side, time doesn't exist. It's like a circular loop that we created here on, on Earth for obviously reasons for economics and to make order of things because we're natural, curious individuals as human beings. And when you think about how we derive time, we go based on the, the revolutions around the sun. I just celebrated a birthday last month and that was 47 times around the sun. When you cross over, you don't have a sun you're going around. You're on the other side. So that's how time is in itself existing on that part of it. But from our vantage point here on earth, I just think in our 3D world, as I call it, that we can all be in tune with each other. And a lot of times we all have intuition. We may not call it that. We may not think it's something that can actually peer ahead, but I believe we all have something within us innate. Like it can be passed down because my grandmother was very psychic. My mom is. Other relatives. I know I have something going on here. So it's, it's, you know, some people have really good eyesight <laughs> or a beautiful voice that they could sing and celebrate. And it, it's a talent thing, but there's also some natural aspects to it. I believe psychic stuff's the same way. I think some people are naturally in tuned and others have to work at it, but we all have our own varying degrees of it. And I think when it comes to science, by the way, 
that in our life, maybe in the next 20, 30 years, science is going to catch up to the spiritual and intuitive. And what I mean by that is just like we have iPhones or cell phones that can pick up Wi-Fi signals or our computer, or like you and I are talking right now, communicating live around the world. Um, so shall technology catch up. And in the future, something will be invented that can detect when the body leaves, when the, when the spirit leaves the body or when spirits are present. I believe those subtle Wi-Fi signals that I'm talking about that I pick up on when I do mediumship, for example, will have devices that can do some of that. Maybe not on the scale that, you know, a medium can do, but there's going to be some proof to it, I believe. Right, right. Jason, you have put it well. And I'm sure uh, this is this is the way, uh, maybe in future, there, there may be a way where, uh, you know, science will allow us to understand better about these things. Like earlier, also the same signals were there, but we did not have the means to catch those signals. But today we have the medium to do that. And you are a medium for many things. People <laughs> have, can know about themselves, about their present, as well as about the future. Do talk about ego, where you know that that is something. Is ego also the biggest reason why we are not able to forgive, heal, and let go? That's the impediment in our healing. Because nowadays, the biggest thing is that we humans are carrying a lot of burden. And a lot of burden is not about us, about the problems that we face, but it's about more to do with they feel wronged about so many things, whether real or imaginary. And my experience of so many years is that most of these are imaginary. So how would you that help anybody understand these issues being uh, into this particular uh, yeah, ex expert of this particular tool, how to actually forgive heal and let go of things so can you can be light enough think of it this way i have a couple examples for this one I, uh, my dad my dad and i never had a relationship growing up right and so he asked me for forgiveness uh during the pandemic actually because he passed away in 2012 and i kept having my dad appear and visit i call them visitation dreams where he'll pop in and hijack a dream and say you know, I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? I'm sorry for being an alcoholic. I'm sorry that I left you as a child. I'm sorry I neglected you your whole life. I'm sorry about all the things I did. And the first couple of times, I'll be honest, I said, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't. I could. I just couldn't bring myself to to let you know, forgive, surrender, let go, heal. And what happened was, my dad taught me something from the grave, from the other side, from the afterlife. I shouldn't say it. He taught me how to be humble within myself. That Something that, I mean, like when I was three years old, my dad had a drunk driving accident, almost killed my brother and I, and I buried that deep in my past. But when I went through this exercise, my dad came to me and he, he kept coming and he wouldn't stop. So I was like, all right, what's the point to this? Right. So then he finally gave me the last four digits of a debit card that he had in his wallet before he died that my aunt had. And she and I started communicating after he passed because I had a relationship with her. She since has unfortunately died last November, but his only sister and we were talking and communicating. I said, oh, my dad came to me in a dream and he gave me these four numbers. And she goes, honey, I have his wallet. Let me check. And the card had the last four numbers for my dad that he told me in a dream. I've had things like that happen throughout dreams. So it, it made me realize, yeah, this is really probably my dad communicating with me. So I went through the process of, of meditating. I had my iPhone on my chest. I was sitting on the couch 
and I talked through anything that I felt he hurt me about. And I went through this process. It took me a few weeks. I relived these things with the point and the goal of healing, forgiving, and letting go. And I went through it and I, it's like reviewing your life in review, but the parts that you felt hurt about. And I did this on my own and I did it because I had the time to do it because we were stuck, you know, being in the house all the time. But what I learned from that experience was I could truly let go, heal and forgive. And I did that with him. And I tell my dad, I love him every night before I go to sleep. I didn't do that for the 66 years he was alive on the planet. And for the 43 years or whatever it was when I was alive, when he was here, my math's off a little, but my point is to share that there's a reason for me sharing that because now (laughs) the only picture of him and I and my mom and my brother from when I was three years old that I printed out and put into a frame. And I, I look at that picture like, anyone else, like my grandfather, my grandmother, anyone else on the other side. And I've gained so much from letting go of that baggage. And the analogy I use for anyone that holds on to something is if you go to the airport and you try to fly, most airlines will charge you per bag. Well, can you imagine trying to take 30 bags with you on a plane? That's the kind of baggage we build up when we don't forgive, let go and heal. And by freeing myself and, and, and doing all that, I healed myself in such a profound way that it was amazing. And in reference to the ego, I just recently had an argument with someone I love deeply and I had to get my ego aside, meaning I could talk about this stuff on a show because, yeah, I've been through it. But when you actually go through it in the present moment, you've got to challenge your human ego even then to say, hey, if you were wrong about something, be accountable for it. Apologize. Don't be afraid to make yourself vulnerable. Love transcends everything. And if you're truly close with somebody and they love you and they accept you and you accept them, you can get past a lot of these things that your ego perceives it's bruised. I can't talk to this person because I have a bruised ego or I can't go back on my opinion because of my ego. And I disagree. I think you can. I think the way that we can help heal a lot of individual issues we deal with with one another in our interpersonal relationships is to put the ego aside and try to find a way for us to work with one another. And that's how I feel like you could forgive, let go and forget and heal is by working with one another and making a conscious effort when you're in the wrong on something, accept that, but then also make the conscious effort to forgive because it's a two-way street. And think about it, if we all exercise, if we all practiced healing, forgiving, and letting go more often with each other, what a better world we'd live in, what a better life experience we'd have, and how much more love could be created because of that and recognized. Right, right, Jason. Now, you see, a lot of people they do understand a lot of things and every time it is it should not it doesn't have to be that either of the two the wronged as well as the wrongdoer that they leave this planet and then the burden falls on the one both of them i think maybe on the other side also people are not happy with all that burden so why can't we do this letting go of forgiving others, forgiving yourself on this planet itself. Why is it so difficult? Because you you talk about that if you are able to forgive others and yourself, it's like almost a superpower. Why don't humans utilize that superpower that they have got of forgiving our others as well as themselves and then live with that superpower and make it such an awesome life? Why is it? Why are we not able to see that? I feel like we're so built upon our egos, right? Think about all the world wars that are battles and fights and this groups that war with each other or conflict. If if we could figure out how to de-escalate things, right? How to how to let go of 
when tensions build. And on an individual basis, that's like individual accountability. I think we could all learn to practice this, but unfortunately, a lot of times we think it's too hard to do, or we think, well, I'm not that kind of person I can do that. Yeah, you can. It's called a skill. Learn it. It's like talking a language. You can learn how to forgive. And I think we get too stuck in our respective bubbles or our perspective, even from my point of view. And I, I consider myself pretty enlightened in certain things. I have my own ego that gets in the way when I get hurt by somebody. And it can fester and it makes it hard to communicate and say, you know what? I might've been hurt, but I want us to fix this or for another person to say that and communicate. A lot of people don't communicate effectively. And I think that has something to do with our inability to, to, to move towards these kind of angles is to express yourself, not be afraid of saying what you need to say, allowing the other person to hear that, allowing the other person to process it, and then the both of you arriving at a way to let go and move past it. That's what I would consider to be a superpower because if you can get past that, you're not holding on to it anymore. You'll heal. Both sides will heal as a process, but you got to be willing to do that in order to, to make it happen. You can't go in half, half, half effort. Right, right, Jason. So how does this process begin for anyone? Because we are all humans. We are busy in our lives. We got so much of burden and stress of work, relationships and everything. We just don't know what's the next step to take. So there got to be somebody who tells them. Nowadays, we just talk about therapy. So people go there. But it's only... Uh, it has its own limitations, I can say, but because some things that we are talking about are not just about this world. It's also beyond that, which we are still trying to fully comprehend. That is where a person like you comes in, a psychic medium. When does a person know that your role is there? What would you tell them what you can do for them? And here it's not about business. Here it's about, uh, you know, letting the burden off your head. So how can one understand your uh, importance in this whole scheme of things about relieving them of their burden? Not only for now, but also perhaps later in life or beyond. I love that question. And I'll say, first off, I'm being, my spirit guides are telling me as I, as you ask the question, I'm kind of getting information as we talk that happens. So I'll share that with you. And the first thing I'll be able to tell you is break it down into smaller pieces, right? If you have a big issue that you're stuck on and you can't see past, break it down into smaller pieces, their respective parts. We're really good at that in our own, you know, a lot of doctors know how to break down our respective pieces when they diagnose somebody or they look at symptoms. And in general, I'm being told like, you got to be mindful of your situation in order to break it down into smaller pieces. You have to exercise the proper intention. You got to want to do this. You can't just go into it thinking you're going to have it happen on its own. It doesn't work that way. So you have to really be mindful. I would say be reflective before you even go into the situation. Think about what the points are that you want to discuss and how you will come across and what will be perceived. But your intention would be like the fuel behind that change because you got to have a mindset change you got to change your paradigm and in order to 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 be successful in helping not only arrive at asking for forgiveness and being able to forgive and not not making it bruise the ego 
you're becoming vulnerable. So there's a lot of these things and communicating. It's a process. You mentioned something very important, mental health. I think anyone who struggles and the whole planet's been struggling with mental health issues. We know this. Anyone who struggles should get some help if they need it. Importantly, though, and, and mental health professionals can obviously help more than a psychic medium at the first step of it, because I represent the spiritual connection here. Right. Mind, body, spirit. A lot of people hold on to guilt when someone passes. Right. A lot of times any reading I give, most of the reasons people come to me, they have guilt in some level with either themselves or a loved one who crossed over that they can't talk to anymore. So they come to someone like me to see what they can do. You know the message I'll tell them right off the bat before they even pick up the phone to call someone like me? Just know that your loved one wants you to forgive them anyway because they're on the other side. They don't want you holding on to any pain, any kind of issues that you feel like you have. Like my dad, perfect example. He wanted me to heal. And if you can understand that, you get – so it's, it's, it's a process. It's multiple steps. But if you follow this kind of – you know, introspective type of thing. You can journal, you can be mindful, you break it down into smaller pieces and steps, utilize the proper intention, be serious about it, understand that your intention is actually fueling that kind of change that can happen, that mindset change, that paradigm shift. But the other person should be willing to receive whatever it is you want to give to forgive and heal. So when both sides are able to do that and there's effective communication, I believe with the power of intention and your and your love for each other and respect, you can get past any issues, really. It just takes that time and that process to do so. Right. Right, Jason. So how does one realize the importance of this particular aspect? Because many people get who are not in this world anymore. They visit them in their dreams. They also get different sort of signals. So how should they look at those things? What is it? If some, sometimes, you know, people say it's just a dream. <laughs> they may just let it be. Many a times you just let them be as it is. But it keeps on happening more than once, twice or thrice. Well, what one learn from those things and how one. And the funny part is one thing I wanted to understand is that if people who have crossed over do not have that sense of time, then how do they know whether I am sleeping at this time and they only come in your dreams? How do they get that understanding? I love the question because it touches upon a couple of things I always talk about. First off, the veil between us and the afterlife, as we want to call it, is thinnest when we're asleep. So if you think of everything operating under spiritual energy, for example, then they know they can come to us when we're asleep because they sense us and love is the umbilical cord that connects us to the other side. So I've been told when I pick up on deceased loved ones for different people and for myself, that we're like the reality show to them. They can watch us all at one given time, but they, they watch us to try to advise us and they are active in our lives. My grandfather's more active in my life than I would have ever envisioned him to be in the afterlife. He's given me guidance and advice on different things. And I've learned how to communicate with him that way. I'll give you, I talk by analogy sometimes because it's easiest as such. The dreams and the, and the different signals you were mentioning, I, that all ties into what I call synchronicity, which is a common word, but my meaning to it and how I assign it as such. Synchronicity to me is like, it's a force of nature. It's the way that they can communicate with us. It's like breadcrumbs. And so perfect example, I had a dream of my grandfather during the pandemic about a year ago. 
And I remember I was worried about like something with either growing my, my law firm, growing my psychic business, growing my podcast. I wanted growth. I had a growth mindset at the time and I really wanted it. And I just wasn't getting it fast enough. We're in the heat of the pandemic here in the United States and I'm a cancer survivor, so I can't go venture out a lot. I'm kind of held up home a lot. And my grandfather came to me in a dream and he said, pay attention to your day today. Pay attention to this, to the methods and the signs and see what you see. So the signals. Okay, all right. So I wake up. I had a deposition. So I worked a deposition remotely. And during that time, I got done. And then I got a call that there were two new clients for my law firm. I was like, cool. And then I had a call for two requested readings for my, my psychic practice. And then at the end of the day, I had two requests from two new guests for my show. And then I got invited on two other shows. So I had two, 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 two. Uh, point of this was my grandfather was trying to show me, don't worry about what you think you can't have. Pay attention to what's in front of you. And the signs and messages I got there was that everything's going to be growing and you don't have to worry. And so that kind of reassurance was pretty strong for me. Another example, I was considering switching parts of my law practice and I really wanted to see what I should do. And I, I actually prayed and I said, Grandpa, if you have any guidance, let me know. I fell asleep. I set my alarm for 6 a.m. This is actually before the pandemic. So I remember I went and drove someplace to go to a deposition. And I was supposed to leave at 6 to get, I was supposed to get up at 6 a.m. to go and prepare myself for my trip. Well, I have two parrots. And one of my parrots was making a really loud noise and woke me up at 5.55 a.m. I was like, that's weird. So I jumped up to my African gray. I jumped up. I said, Pepper, you all right? You all right? And she was asleep. That was weird. So then I noticed my alarm's not going off for five more minutes and my alarm set for six, but I looked at the time, it was five, five, five. I was like, okay, that must be a message. Then I went downstairs to take my clothes out of the dryer and there was a penny in the middle of my dryer. Now it doesn't sound like much, but my grandfather always told me that when he goes, he actually said this, I will communicate with you by leaving you pennies on around your area. And I was like, no way. Well, he did it. He does it for me, my mom, everybody. And so I noticed, and it was as I was thinking, how coincidental, my bird woke me up five minutes before my alarm clock went off. My grandfather sending me a message. Then I went down to get the stuff from the dryer and here's a penny. And he was reinforcing that I said I should go on this new opportunity. So he gave me a double message that one persist, you know, one that one instance. And I went full, full steam ahead in my new opportunity and it was very successful for me. So that's an example. Other people see birds that come to them or shows on TV or a radio can pop a song on the radio can pop on when they're thinking about their love, whatever it is, it can happen. And they, and it's not just reserved to times a day, like two, 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 three, three, three. It could be on a receipt. It could be like, I was walking in the mall and someone asked me about something with somebody I knew that played for a sports team in my hometown here in Tampa. And I turned the corner. And as soon as they asked me about that person, the whole row of the mall had memorabilia for that team that were, I'd never seen before. So these things happen. They just do. And so I've learned to respect them and appreciate them when they occur. Right. Right. So you see, one thing I noticed in this is that on this planet, even if you are the best communicator, you are not able to communicate with somebody from outside, on the other side. The All the power to communicate with you is with the person who is on the other side. They are ones who will communicate to you and you've got to read it. But right not on. everybody will be able to read it. You see, so it's better to do these things, communication part, while you are all on the planet. It's better. Oh yeah. Then you can do it much more easily. But a lot of people who are not able to do it, 
uh, how do they train themselves to you said some birds and all and then but how do they see all those things in the prism of reality because then there is another world when we are looking at it in terms of dreams and and in real life uh, or in during daytime something called hallucination how does somebody say that it is a visitation dream even in daytime or any other without dream or in some sort of a signal from the people on the other side somebody who wants to con- communicate so what's the difference between a visitation as well as hallucination how would you put it how do people know that i'm not talking about something abnormal it's usually connected to the presentation of information that's so relevant and it ties in so well to whatever it is you're thinking about doing or the life situation you're in that you just know that there's you just you just sense it you feel it you know it when you see it. i don't mean to sound so cliche when i say that but from the experiences i've had every single one of these experiences that have truly that and there are different varying degrees of spiritual experiences that i've had from being able to tell somebody they're gonna have a kid before they're pregnant right something like that or someone will call me and i'll say you know what you're going to be fine. Don't stress right now about your job. It's going to get better in a month. Those are smaller level predictions to, wow, I had the most profound dream that my grandfather came to me and told me when I wake up, don't be depressed about the last birthday card we gave you that you didn't have it anymore. Get up, go clean out your closet. And here I found a birthday card that I was hoping I had on my birthday in 08 that my grandfather alerted me. I still had it. He was listening to me before I fell asleep and I was sad because they were both dead at the time. My point is, it just it's based on degree, but it's based on the connection of the information, in my opinion. So if you're grieving your mom, for example, and you're having a really hard time getting past her the grief associated with her passing, and you're sitting there and you're trying really hard to, you know, get past it. And the next thing you know, you have a dream and your mom comes to you in a dream and she says, Honey, I love you. Don't beat yourself up worrying about me being dead because I'm right here with you. And remember, I always liked when you smiled as a child. I loved when you smiled. Your smile lit up the room. I always told everyone about your beautiful smile and your pearly whites. And that was in the dream, for example, right? And then that person wakes up and they get on the phone. And let's say they talk to their brother or their sister or somebody. And this, they come up and they talk on the phone in conversation and say, do you remember when mom used to say you had those pearly whites? Do you remember how she always talked about your beaming smile and how impressed that she was that you took care of your teeth so well? And you'll scratch your head and you'll say, wow, that's coincidental. If you say that, you're discrediting yourself from the experience that your mom's trying to reassure you to say, honey, I love you. Don't beat yourself up. I'm giving you that example so that you can cross validate it with your sister who's going to come to you in a dream the next day and out of, you know, is going to call you the next day and verify it. Those kind of loops happen, the connections between dream, afterlife and reality. What you have to do is not discredit it. You got to have confidence that my own mother, who's 76 right now, didn't really have faith in her own understanding of this stuff till she was 73 when we both traveled from Florida up to New York to go to my nephew's communion. And I read someone in between us on the plane. And when I got off the plane, she said, honey, I can't believe this. I said, what? My entire life, I just discredited my psychic things because I didn't think they were real and I never believed in them. But everything you picked up just now, I picked up independent. It was like I was tuned into whatever you were picking up on. My mom learned from that experience. Now she calls me all the time with premonitions and dreams and ideas that she has, and and they're accurate. And that's what I think anyone who listens to this is. The difference between a psychic and someone who doesn't call themselves one is confidence 
in your own ability, your confidence in your ability to decipher messages and signs and, and cues and separate messages that come from the divine or come from the spiritual world and may come from your own intuition as compared to just your physical five senses. Right. Right, Jason. Now, again, two parts to One is a psychic medium whom in 2007 told you about your future. So that was a prediction. Again, about you, you predicted your own cancer six months earlier than that about yourself. So that's the prediction part. And the second part is communicating with a spirit and somebody who has crossed over. So can psychic mediums or people predict? And as long as second part is that can they communicate or help you communicate with somebody who was who is close to you, but you are an outsider to this whole thing. And the spirit is trying to communicate with this. So where does the psychic medium become a medium in this whole thing? How do people know that you are the person they should come to? What is your role? How do you fine tune that whole apparatus that the voice is very much clear from the other side to the one who is it is intended to? I always, I always say I'm a messenger. <laughs> I send messages, right? And and you brought up a great point. And, and this is something I want to definitely highlight. You said earlier that like the, the spiritual world, the other side comes to me. And that's true. I'm a receiver. I, I don't control who comes in. I've had people who want, I want Aunt Jane to come in right now. I'm like, well, good luck on that one. I can't, I can't control who comes in. That's like trying to say that you can control the weather. The weather happens the way it does. And the spiritual world exists the way it does. You have to respect it, at least my opinion. And so I'm a receiver. And what I tell people is when I read things um, as a medium, I envision they play charades with me. So they give me messages. They'll give me sentences. There'll be a little of everything. Anything you can imagine. It could be a thought. So it's like it's like the telegraphic messages. Earlier, we used to have those. You know, people used to se send those messages across. Yeah, like Morse code. It's like Morse yeah. code. It's almost like Morse code exactly. It's like beep, 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 beep. Except for that, you have a picture. You'll have a word. You'll have um, the person name i'm not as good at my it, that's actually the clear audience i'm good at clear audience but when i come up with names and stuff i almost and it's impressive the person who's in front of me when i do it because i think that's unique um but in terms of understanding all that in order to predict you got to be in tune and, and respect the information you're picking up comes through for a reason you got to respect like spirit guides that come through people share stuff with me i just know when the information comes through after doing this for 15 years that there's a meaning behind it you know if i'm letting someone know i, I don't come up to someone and say oh you're gonna die next year that would be irresponsible as a psychic to do right but if i pick up on something that was a close friend of mine that i know from 20 years i might say something like hey you know you may want to go get your blood work done i don't think it's anything serious now but you might want to be preventative because in a couple of years, if you don't, I actually did this with a close friend of mine. In a couple of years, if you don't get this stuff checked out, it could lead to something serious later. And so they'll go get the blood work and they're like, oh my God, you, you know what? I got put on this prescription to lower my cholesterol and I wouldn't have figured that out unless you had said something. And I'm like, well, I'm not a medical intuitive. I don't say that, but I get premonitions and the premonitions I get, I respect them. And 
depending on if it's someone I know really well my whole life, I may share that premonition pretty quickly as compared to if I'm reading for somebody. There are things that I share that are very relevant and, and mean everything to the person I'm reading with. I always want to make sure that anyone I work with, they leave feeling better than when they came to me. They have a better sense of understanding. They're validated. They know that the things that they're going through, that's going to, there's, there's solutions to the situation and they know how to do it at the end of the conversation. In little sound bites, they'll understand for themselves, I should say examples of ways that they could improve their situation that they came to me with. If it's a relationship question, a career issue, or grieving somebody, or learning to forgive and let go, whatever those issues are, twin flames, soulmates, understanding complicated scenarios and relationships, whatever it is, overcoming one's self-doubt. Those are all common themes that I see very commonly. Right, Jason. Right. So what sort of people can contact you, connect with you and seek help? Who are those who can come to you? Uh, anybody who's open-minded, who has the ability to be open-minded and receive information that comes to them with the understanding that Yes, this is for entertainment purposes only. I will use that as my disclaimer as a psychic because I've studied this stuff and I want to make sure everything's as ethical and on the up and up. But at the same time, like I will tell anybody who comes to me, if you're dealing with severe depression, a psychic's not the right person to go to on the first shot. I'm not a mental health professional. You need to see someone like that. We're not the end all fix all. <laughs> you got to have your own things in order before you go to an intuitive psychic. But if you do get your stuff in the right frame of mind and, and see a psychic, they can be utilized in such a way to shed light on things. It's like looking in a mirror. Sometimes you can call a psychic and say, hey, I want to ask you about my finances. What do you pick up on? And they can give you some suggestions and advice you may have not even look, looked at or considered, or I'm having problems in my relationship. What should I do? And they may be able to pick up the other person and say, you know, it's not about you right now. This person's going through a hard time, but they're not talking to you but you're incorporating that in your own misinterpretation to think it's about something you did because you have your own issues you're working through. Um, it's, it's various types of things like that. But I think anyone can come to me. They just have to be open-minded and be willing to want to receive the information when it comes through. And it's not something to be afraid of, by the way. No one needs to be afraid of a psychic. An ethical psychic, somebody who's there that wants to really do what they're doing, they should enjoy and love what they do. And it should be a pleasant experience for everybody. Right, Jason. And how do they connect with you? What's the best way to oh, know more about you and to connect with you? Yeah, uh, you can connect with me on my website. It's the socialpsychic.com. You can go on there. It'll, it'll show how to reach out to me. I also have Google. You can Google the social psychic and I have a profile there with like 114 five-star reviews on social media. Um, the handle is the social psychic on Instagram, Facebook. Um, try to think. LinkedIn, I'm Jason Zook. So you can basically connect with me in various social media, but the best way would be to uh, go to my website, it's probably easy, or so Instagram's easy as well. And my podcast, of course, too. I do a bunch of that stuff. So the Social Psychic Radio Show is available on most platforms. I just recently moved, I'm moving that over to Electrocast Media, which is our producers out of LA. And I have a second show with Electrocast. My co host and best friend, Megan Kane, and I have, put, have been working on that all year. It's called Psychic Visions. That's coming out in the near future before the end of the year. And then I have a new podcast network that I'm working on creating with Electrocast with Megan Kane as well called the Paranormal Universe. For any podcaster who delves in paranormal areas, psychic, spiritual, they have it, they're not signed with anyone. They want their show 
to be in a safe place to be work with other shows of like-mindedness and mutual support and promotion. We have that network that we're building. Right, right. So my last question is, when you see your life together, being an attorney, being a cancer survivor, being, you know, doing what you are doing and you are helping people, how do you look at what you are doing, being a psychic or an intuitive person, look at what you are doing as well as whole life together? How do you look at it? I am going to tell you completely how I feel. When I had cancer a few years ago, I reorganized my entire life. I lost 50 pounds, ended a toxic relationship, switched up my business relationships, um, have been making some big changes and transformations, and that's never perfect. But I'm a human like everyone else. I look at my life and I think, oh, I need to do this more. I need to do this better. I need to, I'm very critical sometimes of myself. And I like to do a lot of different things. I, um, I love having a multi role purpose of being a lawyer, a podcaster, and a, and a psychic. And those are things I do. But I remember um, it's about living your passion and loving what you do. And when I look at my life, I'm 47 right now. And I, had, I told you I had a cancer scare recently. That was shocking to me. And it was like totally out of left field. And it really screwed me up for a little while. Like I was reclusive and depressed and I cried a lot and I went through all this. And that's that scanxiety thing I told you I did before my before we got on air. And what, what I learned from all that, though, is life is as precious as you appreciate it to be. And so, yeah, I could beat myself up and get depressed about almost having cancer again. Or I could, you know, pat myself off and say, I sat in that for a little bit. I'm done with that now and pick myself back up. I'm starting a new legal job. I'm going to help hurricane victims. I'm launching these shows. I'm on an awesome show with you today. I have my shows, my creative outlets and everything else. And so I'm just getting started. I'm not stopping. And when my last breath comes to me, I will ascend to the other side and hopefully do what I'm doing here, but do it there. That's how I feel. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much, Jason, for coming on to this show. It's been a true honor and pleasure, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. 